WKDW 97.5 Northport Real Community Radio. This is Robin and Joe Everett. Pets teach us so much. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our show. I'm Joseph Everett, and we are animal advocates, pet lifestyle experts, and pet trendologists, bringing you the best pet news and tips. Now, today on our show, we have two wonderful guests. One is Aman Ahmed, and he is going to talk to us about his YouTube channels. One is Relax My Dog, and one is Relax My Cat. And we have Tammy Cho Sussman. She's going to talk to us about the Korean uh, dog meat trade and dog meat industry and what's going on. Give us the latest news and information. Plus, we have interesting animal news from around the world. If you think your little fur baby is sick and realize that our show is for informational purposes only, get professional veterinary help immediately if your little one's not feeling good. Yeah, that's an important reminder. If, if he or she is sick, you should take them to the vet. Thank you for the reminder, Joseph. So today we have tons of info for dog lovers and for cat lovers and for wild boar lovers. Alrighty then. You know, if you guys follow us on Instagram, you will see a little boar picture that we posted. It was so cute. I think it was a wild boar that somebody took in as a pet. It's kind of what it looked like. And it was just munching on some grass, hanging out. But if you guys are into Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest, find us at TPPC TV. We have a groovy group on Facebook too, the TPPC TV Pet Lover Crew. Like us and join in the fun. Comment on, comment on the show on our page. We would love to hear from you. If you have news or you'd like to be on our show, send an inquiry to info at tppc.tv. Thank you, Joseph. Now, are you guys ready for a little truer poo? We got such a good response from our last game. We have two kinds of truer poo today. Joe, are you up for playing? You ready? ready? All right. This is a little turkey true or poo. Turkeys are known to exhibit over 20 distinct vocalizations. True or poe? I'm going to say true. True. You are both correct. Ding, 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 ding. Including a distinctive gobble produced by males, which can be heard a mile away. Individual turkeys have unique voices, and this is how a turkey recognizes another turkey. Okay, here's the next one. Well, I could see that. What? what? Okay, if a turkey went, what do you think the turkey was? A ticked off turkey. Right. Is, is that like, let's talk turkey? Yeah, <laughs> but he's a little bit pissed off. And the turkey went, gobble, 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 wobble, wobble. They don't go wobble, wobble. You well, made that up. <laughs> well, he just saw a real good looking turkey. Uh, turkeys are intelligent and sen- sensitive animals that are highly... Social. True or poo? Poo. I'm going to go poo. Poo. So you think they're loners? Oh, no, no, no. True. I think, I think So you wh- think they're repeat, social? No, repeat the question, please. Turkeys are intelligent and sensitive animals that are highly social. True or poo? I'm going to go true. I, I go men's with men's. <laughs> <laughs> they're not intelligent, but they are highly social. Well, actually, both are true. They create lasting social bonds with each other, and they're very affectionate, rather similar to dogs, they say. Hmm. This is what they say. What can I tell you? Now, this one is absolutely fascinating. 
true or poo, turkeys have outstanding geography skills. True or poo? Ah, uh, wild turkeys come crashing in the same spot all the time in our backyard. I'm going to try true on that one. I, I, I'd say true also. You are both correct. They have the ability to learn precise details of an area of over 1,000 acres in size. That's their territory. They just have to practice on their landing skills. Well, funny you should mention that. Uh, How fast do you think a turkey can fly if they do fly? Do you think a turkey flies, first of all? They don't fly that far, I don't think, do they? But you're saying true they fly. Oh, true they fly. And how fast do you think they can fly? This is multiple choice, all right? 25 miles an hour, 45 miles an hour, 55 miles an hour, or 65 miles an hour? I'm going to go to one in the middle. You're going to go 45? 45. I'm going to go 25. The correct answer is 55 miles an hour. Wow. Wow. Isn't that? must be some small birds. Uh, it's That's fast. They can only fly that fast for a relatively short distance. Most domestic turkeys, however, are unable to fly due to being selectively bred to be larger. Oh. And the last question. That's, that's pretty fast. That is no, fast. I, I don't really, I mean, you know. That's moving. Yeah. Okay, what's the next question? Next question is the area of bare skin on a turkey's throat and head vary in color depending on its level of excitement and stress. True or poo? I'm going to go True. That is true. When excited, a male's turkey head turns blue. When it's ready to fight, it turns red. So you guys did pretty good today. We took our smart pills today. You did. (laughs) Now, here are a couple fun facts. 97% of people surveyed think they understand what their pets are saying. 100% of pet parents talk to their pets. 78% think of their pets as children. And also, 78% speak for their pets, imagining what they might say. We do it all the time. Is that true of poop? <laughs> That's all true. That's well, all true. true. I yeah. know it's true. That's why I'm saying it's a, you know. What's the fun? This is all true. <laughs> I want more points on my game. Uh, I, I didn't know we weren't playing the game. <laughs> so, <laughs> fun no. facts. But those that is pretty amazing, though. I think... Um, I think what we do is we always talk in our pets' voices. I know that sounds incredibly goofy, but if they're going to say something, it has to be in their voice. The little voices. The voices in my head. That's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Depends which me is here today. <laughs> as, as opposed to who's going to speak or how many Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Joseph. So um, here in Florida... We have some invasive species. And a little scary thought there in Shamrock Park in South Venice, there are some unwanted reptiles like iguanas. That might be fun to see, but they are not wanted. So iguanas... Now, yesterday we were on Minnesota Key. Right. And Joe said, I think I just saw one of those taggy lizards. It was. It was huge. Giant lizards. It ran out in front of me and... Within a second, it turned around. It didn't do the squirrel thing. Where it was like it, trying to make you Oh, crash. no, it said, hey, it's a big truck coming. I'm out of here. <laughs> it was, wasn't doing the dance. The, the dance of destruction. Right. <laughs> you know the squirrel that gets underneath your car and you hope he yeah, got through? Like, no, and don't you hear, do it. Oh, no, no. You don't have to do the sound effects well, of the squirrel getting run over. You don't like to see it. I hate when that happens. I but know. 
They shouldn't do the dance back and forth. No, I know. So a new um, experiment going on, which is really cool. Um, they have cast uh, mangrove roots. Now here in Florida, mangroves are very important to protecting the ecosystem. But they have a cement cast of these mangrove roots with little ridges in them to help oysters grow. And they're hoping the oysters will attach to them. And in fact, the cast is made partly of oyster shells to help stimulate growth. And they're hoping that uh, little crabs and uh, other small so animals... So are they doing something like a reef or something? Yeah, or see, good? instead of all these sea walls that we have that right. really don't do anything, they're hoping that if they attach these to the sea walls, that the oysters will attach on and grow and create a little habitat. Understood. Isn't that cool? That is cool. I hope it and works. And look at it. It has nice little ridges and stuff on yeah, it. Yeah, and so the crabs can climb up and everything and... Hopefully. Well, if I was a crab, I wouldn't mind hanging out there, attach myself around there. Well, if I was an oyster, I wouldn't mind. Oyster, oyster, that's a good hood. That's a really nice oyster hood. Until I figured out that somebody was going to chip me off and eat me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, oysters are so important to the environment because um, they just filter the water and they clean the water. They do. So, kudos. The only thing I don't like that attaches is barnacles. No. The scratchy, scrapey yeah, barnacles. Yeah. Scary. Too much work for your boat. Too much work for your boat is right. A little doggy with a little um, local fame here, Moki, is a St. Bernard that has the distinctive honor of being named the dog with the longest tongue. He is now in the Guinness Book of World Records, and his owner, Carla says he's very affectionate, he loves everybody, and um, you will definitely get uh, some puppy kisses and be thoroughly slimed, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) So congratulations, Moogie. So I wonder if he's going to be kiss for Halloween, Gene Simmons. Oh, yeah. Well, that would have been a good costume, actually, Joseph. Uh, This uh, weekend, last Weekend, we had a wonderful time. Kudos to the Southwest Florida Pet Rescue Festival. It was really, really nice. It was in Port Charlotte. Yes, it was. And uh, many of the rescue groups who were there will be on the show in the coming weeks. Uh, we want to help everybody out. There was parrot rescue, horse rescues, well, cats, dogs. Not only will they be on the show, their rescue. Their rescue babies to be on the show, too. Yeah, which is really cool. Now, we saw um, so many different animals there, uh, but, I mean, raccoons and owls. and So you guys definitely want to check our uh, social media feeds because we've been posting some of the pictures, which is really kind of fun. And they'll be live here in the audience. It's time for Pet Product of the Day, Joseph. Da-da-da! That, I, I still really think you need to get a new theme song for that. I don't like that. I like my do-do-do. Okay. Uh, two great products from Tall Tales. If you want a new one, I'll get it. Well, you've got to make it up. This is creative work that you have to do. So, thank you. Tall Tales is making a uh, towel to dry your pet. 
and it's kind of cool because it has a Velcro strip on it. So you could throw it around your dog's neck and around oh. his chest. And so when they do the shake that the water gets all over the place, right. you slap this on them before they start. And it's cute. It has a little pocket in it. So you can slip your hand in there and help dry them off. It's really quite nice, I have to say. And that's from Tall Tales. And the other product, which is really cool from Tall Tales, is this uh, rope leash. It looks like uh, industrial. It looks like repelling rope that yeah. we used to use in the firehouse, and it is really nice, very well made. The hardware is excellent. I mean, the the spring mechanism on the on the clasp is this is really good that, stuff. That bolt snap is rated up to five hundred pounds. Oh yeah, definitely. There's it's no, a high there's, quality. There's no doubt. We can use those for our horses. Yeah, it looks like a horse. Like it's really well. Except made. you don't want to keep the wrist lead on it because you don't want to go for a ride. True. But, but it's nice and light. It is. Well made. Um, it's, uh, it, it's a nice product. So those are two uh, products from Tall Tales that we really like. Big kudos to Tall Tales. This is a very well made. Both products are very well made. Yes. And that's your product of the week. Now, Joseph, let's talk briefly about corn for your dog. Right? This is such a controversial subject uh, Kimberly Gautier, blogger at Keep the Tail Wagging, has written an extensive article about corn. Now, some brands, she talks about Purina specifically, say that grains are beneficial for dogs. And yet, there has not been a lot of research to back this up. Uh, true, corn is a source of energy. When it's well ground, it could be digested, turns to sugar. But there really isn't a need for dogs to have corn, according Hmm. to the sources that she has quoted in this article. Interesting. Um, Corn, wheat, rice, and soy are found in most commercial processed foods, but your dog or cat has no biological need for them, says Dr. Karen Becker. So um, what Kim does is she uh, purees some fruits and vegetables for supplemental uh, nutrition in in her dog's raw feeding diet, but really you do not need corn and and different uh, grains. So when you go to buy your pet food, you definitely want to take a look at the ingredients. You could read more at TPBC TV or on Kim's blog, Keep the Tail Wagging. So Joseph, would you have dressed up your alligator for Halloween? Yes, of course I would. <laughs> What would you have put on your alligator? Coach. (laughs) Only kidding. (laughs) Only kidding. That is wrong, Joseph. Wrong. Well, a little local gator named Gwendolyn out of Coconut Grove, Florida, put on her big sunglasses and her purple hat to celebrate Halloween in style. Now... The name Gwendolyn the Alligator may be familiar to you because Gwen's fate lies in the balance as her poppy, David Van Buren, is fighting a little bit with animal control. He has had Gwen for 47 years, Joseph. Wow. And now they're saying that Florida Fish and Wildlife is uh, trying to Come up with a solution. It seems like an amicable um, discussion that they're trying to figure out what to do 
with Gwendolyn. They're saying uh, that actually they need a cage for Gwendolyn and a license for the gator. So um, it's it's a sticky situation, but apparently... So where's Gwendolyn Cap at? I, I don't... Is she in the, the gentleman's backyard? Do they have a... Have a, a their own pond or something has her own bedroom. I don't but know. no, but then you would have to have you know is is it, Gwendolyn contained just to his property? I see, I had I got the feeling like Gwendolyn looked like from the picture I saw she was kind of in a stable. Oh, okay. But who knows? Uh, obviously, if they need her to have a cage, and he's, she, had, and he's had her for forty-seven years. Yeah. And do you know what she likes to eat for treats? I can only imagine. <laughs> she likes pizza. And she likes Chips Ahoy cookies. Wow. Your kind of gator? My kind of gator, that's for sure. Better than the grandkids. Yeah. (laughs) So um, hopefully they can get that resolved, but it sounds like it isn't um, a fighting type of situation. Everybody's working hard. So, you know, last week we talked about um, the importance of buying cosmetics that are pet-friendly. Yes. Well, interestingly enough, the Human-Animal Bond Research Initiative, or HABRI, and the Pet Leadership Council had a pet night on Capitol Hill, and they delivered to the politicians the message of the importance of making sure that cosmetics are not um, tested on pets and that uh, the importance of pets in people's lives are, uh, it's that it's recognized. So it's very nice that the Pet Leadership Council did that. And um, because, you know, all of these rescue groups, they don't get funding. Nobody gets funding. It's all the volunteers that are paying out of their own pockets for all of the uh, benefits, the care, the, the medical needs of the pets. So to me... Something like this is really important because it needs to bring forward uh, how important pets are in people's lives and and really recognize the people that are doing the good work. Exactly. But those of us that do that, no. Yes. Well, no, I'm going to hang on to that. You can't have it. You can't. Joseph is trying to take my written materials. I see the big paw come out. Just want to make sure we stay in order. He's trying to take the written materials. So... What would you do if the doctor told you to eat a blood-sucking worm? We talked about screw worms a few weeks ago, but we're talking about hookworms now. Would you eat it? No. The question was, what would I tell or what would I do if the doctor <laughs> asked me that? Okay. What would, what, would you, what would you say? Doc, have you been up in Hackensack, New Jersey and got some real cheap crack? <laughs> Well, Necator americanus, americanus, the new world hookworm, is as long and thin as a vermicelli noodle. Now, if you guys watch Strain, you, you, right now you're yeah. itching and you're rolling around on the floor going, don't talk about these. No, out of complete seriousness, being all the years that I put in the medical field, he would have to have a reason for that. And if he is asking me to swallow a hookworm or whatever type of worm it is, it's got to be something for... Well, wait, I'll tell you what it's for, because this is actually very I'm interesting. It, it'll slip, <laughs> it will slip under your skin and travel through the blood. Hold on, correction. Doc, you're on crack. I'm not <laughs> swallowing. 
Now that I know it's going to do that. I'm not finished with this wonderful description. It'll slip under your skin and travel through the blood to your trachea, where you will swallow it and give it a free ride to your small intestine. Upon arrival, it'll open its tiny jaw, dig its teeth into your intestinal wall, and begin to drink your blood. And it could be the key to making millions of people healthier. My equipment and my system and my machines work <laughs> fine on their own. Well, this little prune a- juice every now and then <laughs> to get the old system going works good enough. Wait, writing in the science in the journal Science uh, Translational Medicine on Wednesday, scientists reported that a protein produced by the hookworms eases the symptoms of asthma in mice and could one day be made into a pill to treat humans. Okay. This- the study is the latest. Yeah, Joe just said a pill is different. A, a pill is a lot different, but I guess they're trying to reproduce the um, protein that the hookworm actually makes. It says that that's better. Yeah, but um, it's it, it's began a couple of years ago actually when a gastroenterology surgeon approached parasitologist Alex Lucas, one of the senior authors in this new study. So what did the doctor say? I couldn't find the hamster, but I found the worm. What do you mean? Next. (laughs) The doctor wanted to know whether there might be a connection between the dramatic success of deworming programs around the world and the rise of immune system problems. Are you snickering over there? You and Joe are both snickering. I hear you both snickering. But it's going to help people uh, with problems like asthma and celiac disease. So um, this protein helps, I guess, the swelling and calms calms people's systems down. And they're saying that it's a symbiotic relationship um, because in order for it to survive and thrive, it needs its host to be happy and healthy. So... um, it's kind of gross. Well, this host will not be happy and healthy <laughs> if it's going to do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's. But no. hey, that's what they're experimenting with. Oh, that's good. Everything in nature, it, nature provides us the answers. We just need to find them. Yes, Joseph. Doesn't mean I'm going to accept all of them. But. <laughs> Here, don't you want to take look at that lovely picture that <sighs> that I might need to save this and tweet that picture. Yeah, you're going to tweet that picture. That is that little worm. The New World hookworm is. If it was large, it would be, yeah, everybody's making faces in the studio. Wow. It's, it's yuck, yuck, Joseph. I just saw him on Star Trek movie. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely on a Star Trek movie, that little guy. Honey, you found that one. That was a good one. Well, yeah, what can I tell you? Only the latest and greatest here. So, um, you know, for anybody who's into fashion... This has been a very popular time. We see all the Fashion Week pictures coming out. The fashionistas? The fashionistas. But it's something that's very interesting. Thank you for that, that fashionista chime. Fashionista chime for all the fashionistas. Chime just in time. Yes. What's happening is a lot of these designers are saying, well, we're, faux fur, we're fur free and it's faux fur. But in fact, it isn't. It's not fake fur. They don't know. They think they're buying fake fur. Oh, that's not right. So um, we've read this in a couple different places. And the way to tell if you're buying a garment and the fur is fake or not, you have to spread the pile in the fur. 
And if it's going into what appears to be like pores, then it's real. If you spread the fur and you see webbing, then it's faux fur. Because let me tell you, nothing ticks us off more than seeing these celebrities with these giant fur vests and all this. It, it's really, really annoying. So our guest is Aman Ahmed. He is the author, the writer, the magician behind two YouTube channels, Relax My Dog and Relax My Cat. They make music for dogs and cats. They get around 8 million views a month. And combined, they're helping the anxiety problem with our pets throughout the world through the use of music. So, Aman, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. So, you know, this is very interesting. Tell us how you started the company. Right, okay. Um, so, firstly, apologies in advance. I sound a little bit, um, a little bit sore. I actually have a cold. Um, but no I'll problem. try my best. Um, yeah, so I, I started a company um, about, like, five years ago. And for us, we were just, um, you know, kind of researching and experimenting with, uh, you know, different types of music. And, uh, and there was a lot of studies out there um, on the impacts of, uh, of music with uh, dogs and cats. And um, me and um, you know, my, my production team in El Salvador, um, we kind of got together and just um, we kind of yeah, just started putting some ideas together. And uh, we, we put it out there on YouTube for free and really worked with our audience. And uh, through that, we just started growing because, you know, adding the, all, the, all our content is completely free. And, um, and that, you know, and by developing um, the music with the feedback from our audience, that empowered them to feel part of the project. And, uh, again, since then, it's grown year on year. That's very cool. Now, Aman, tell everybody uh, what country you're calling from. Yeah, so I'm calling from uh, the UK, um, calling from Manchester. Very cool. So this is definitely a global phenomenon that we're experiencing. Um, and it's fantastic that you're able to help uh, the, the pets out there that are suffering from anxiety. So how do you decide what instruments and tempos to use in the music? Yeah, so that uh, all goes down to, uh, you know, my production team. But, you know, we, the thing is we kind of um, noticed you know, based on feedback, like, um, you know, certain styles of piano music um, seems to work for, like, certain breeds of dogs. And then in, within our tracks, we also have things called, like, sound sweep, which, for, obviously, for the human, is an extremely annoying noise. It's a five-second uh, pitch, high pitch to low pitch uh, noise within a track. And, um, you know, some, some dogs find that annoying, so it works because it captures their attention and then the music, uh, you know, kicks in from there. But, you know, once again, just by getting feedback from our users, you know, consistently they'll be like, oh, you know, this works or this doesn't work. And then we kind of just, we kind of tweak. So if you look at our YouTube channel, we have hundreds and hundreds of tracks um, and it's just completely out there for everyone to try and, uh, and find what works best. And, uh, and then, you know, our users just uh, reuse the same track again and again. I mean, it's funny you brought that up because if it wasn't for new media and all the new technology, look at our radio show. We're all over the world, and yeah. we would have never met up with you if it wasn't for technology. It's great. We're able to get this information out to everyone. Exactly. 
is uh, you know for us even though you know we're based in Manchester everyone thinks we're an American company um, so that's interesting but we get a lot of press coverage um, even today I think uh, a Fox News journalist uh, anchor um, you know tweeted about us and uh, there's been a lot of coverage in uh, like Fox News and ABC News yeah. Um, so yeah it's a, it's a pretty international vibe but surprisingly you know for us the US is big however um, the Far East is growing uh, you know we're getting a huge uh, fan base growing very quickly in uh, South Korea um, so, so that's interesting for us as well yes it is Amon, hold on one second. I just got to do a station identification. This is WKDW 97.5 FM, Northport Real Community Radio with Pets Teaches So Much. Thank you, Joseph. So, Amon, tell us what the uh, biggest hurdle is that you have uh, actually had to jump so far with this project. Um, I think for us, is um, is kind of, you know, even though it's, it's, out there, you know, completely free. I think one of the things that we want to do is is just, you know, tell as many people as possible. You know, our mission is to benefit as many pets as possible through music. And um, for us now, we now we're on Apple TV, we're on Roku, um, we're on Amazon Fire, um, and it's just, I guess, we don't really have a challenge. It's just for us, it's just to get that out there as much as possible even on uh, you know Spotify and Apple Music mm-hmm. I think we're getting like a mi- uh, close to a million streams a month just on, on those uh, streaming services um, I guess one obstacle potentially could be is just uh, you know first get, getting more press coverage um, as, we, as we're a small team one thing we really want to do is build build a community of uh, people that really um, you know Want to want to be on our side and, and, and empower our brand. So one thing we'd really like to do is work more with uh, vets and kennels and groomers, and you know give them our music for free. Uh, send them a CD uh, as long as they tell all their customers that you know they can go to YouTube and 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 also get our music for free. That's excellent. Well, Aman, we wish you continued success with the project. Thank you for joining us. It's Relax My Dog and Relax My Cat on YouTube. And uh, we hope to, that you keep us uh, updated with your new projects. Thanks so much for joining us. Definitely. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Amon. We'll definitely have you again in the near future. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Cheers. So our next guest is Tammy Cho. Zussman. She's a Korean-American humanitarian animal activist in Los Angeles, California. There is a special tender spot in her heart for children and animals. Her personal, personal passion is advocating for foster children and voiceless animals. She has been a court-appointed as a CASA representative. She advocates for children and for animals and we are so happy that she is here with us. Tammy, thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Tammy. Hi, thank you for having me. Now, what's very interesting is we have spoken about in the past um, this the whole Korean uh, dog meat industry, dog meat trade, and we're, we're really glad that you could join us. Tell us about the current animal protection law in Korea and how does it work, or does it help dogs at all in the in the DMT? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, you know, Korea, South Korea, has um, enacted the animal protection law that 
prohibits cruelty against animals. Um, but when it comes to dogs, it seems um, it, it's widely accepted by public that there are two types of dogs in Korea. There are pet dogs versus meat dogs. It's a, a very complex and convoluted um, issue. Um, you know, simply put, the current law primarily protects people's pets. But when it comes to the dogs that, that come out of the dog farms, it's mostly absent. Now, um, Tammy, I have a quick question for you. The DM- sure. DMT is dog meat trade? That's correct. Okay, okay. So it, um, one of the congressmen, and I, I don't know how to pronounce his name properly. I think it's uh, P.O.? Okay, that's oh, correct. Okay. He has proposed an amendment in Korea. Now, tell us what that uh, amendment is and what it would do. You know, this amendment is really important. Um, it's an amendment to the current animal protection law in Korea, and this was proposed by Congressman Pyo. Um, and if it passes, um, it could change lives of these meat dogs drastically for the better. Um, as I read it, there are three major elements in the amendment. Um, and the first one is um, it, it, it gives a very clear definition. It defines and clarifies what constitutes cruelty against animals, um, such as hanging, beating, uh, killing a dog in plain view of other dogs, uh, using any chemical agents or tools to inflict harm to a dog, or use, you know, use, like using high temperature to kill a dog, such as oh boiling God. water or mm-hmm. electrocution. Um, confining dogs in a small space, not giving uh, proper food or water, not providing vet care, uh, dragging a dog from a moving motor vehicles, or, or creating any unhealthy environment for an animal where it causes emotional stress. These are very description of what goes on in those meat, uh, meat dog farms. So... It gives a clear definition, which is a very important thing. And number two is the enforcement of the law. Uh, he increased the monetary fine uh, two to three times from what it is um, currently, and jail time as well, and also educating police officers of uh, these new laws and uh, publicizing uh, to the general public about these changes. The third one, which is the most important and the significant element that I see it is um, currently, if you see your neighbor hanging a dog and beating it to death, you really cannot intervene and rescue the dog. If you did that, it's considered theft under the law, and you can get prosecuted. Um, the dog, these dogs are considered someone's property, and your neighbor's right to his property trumps your instinct to be a good Samaritan in Korea right now. But under the new amendment, um, it basically grants immunity to those who take animals to safety after seeing, uh, seeing a dog under abuse. And it's, uh, the, you know, the, the current condition right now in almost all of the dog farms in South Korea qualify under this definition of acts of cruelty that Congressman Pyo has set forth in his amendment. So this means an animal activist act can actually go into a dog farm and rescue the dogs. Oh. And, the, and the owner can't really do anything about it. 
I like that. I like that because with the new law, I would go rescue the dog and I would hang the person that was doing that to the dog on the tree. The yeah, same thing would, that he was I, doing I to the dog. Join, I would, I would totally yeah. join you. On yeah, that. that that's what I would do. Well, you know, yes. Tammy, if if you're not familiar with Joe's um, inability to sugarcoat things, he he <laughs> does not have that gene present in his body anywhere. There is no sugarcoating anywhere. Oh goodness! So you know, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm right with you. This is a very tough topic for us to talk about, and it's it's when you see on social media all of the pictures of the dogs in cages around the times that they're that you know somebody will get inside and t- start to take these pictures. It's very hard to. You can go ahead and say it. Imagine I'm giving you the other questions because I can't handle them. Yeah, you can go ahead and say I, it. I just I just usually share the you, interview. Right, I gave you the knee hit to say to take these next questions because I can't do them. So we're going to get down to some really gritty um, statistics here. How many dog farms are there in Korea? Oh goodness! You know it's it's an incredible number. It's seventeen thousand dog farms. Wow! Uh, this is this is according to the two thousand fifteen uh, report by South Korean Department of Environment. Wow. It's a huge number, but most are illegal farms that are not licensed, and out of 17,000, about 2,000 farms have proper licenses issued by the government as uh, livestock operators. Wow. So how many dogs do you think are killed every year for meat? We just had a question. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tammy. I didn't mean to cut you off there. We just had a question from one of our engineers. Uh, he, I guess he didn't understand. What do they do to the meat? The meat is... is actually, sent, it's human consumption. It's human consumption, like we do with our, our chickens and beef and things out here, I guess, I assume, correct? Well, there's this... Uh, yes, it's for human consumption. And in Korea, uh, there's this traditional dish called boshintang. It's basically a health soup. They don't call it dog meat soup, but they call it health soup. And uh, it's... It's just that there's this age-old unscientific belief that if you eat this boshintang, it is good for your health. In in and if you eat this boshintang uh, during the three hottest days of summer, it regulates your body body temperature, so it keeps your blood cool in the summer and uh, warm in the winter. And if you had uh, some sort of a, a surgery or some kind of an illness, if you eat potion tongue, it helps your body to heal faster. And, you know, unfortunately, there are so many unfounded uh, myths like this, uh, the rhino horns, the, um, there's, there's other things that people think, oh, this is okay to do. And it is a cultural uh, issue. And, um, you know, we, it's been difficult to find an expert on the topic, and we appreciate you joining us, Tammy. And, Tammy, we really thank you for all that you're doing because we know you're, that you're doing, advocating. advocating a lot behind the scenes and in front of the scenes trying to fix this. I apologize that I could not, you know, uh, entertain the questions here. It's just so difficult for someone like me that loves dogs so much and that have used them in rescues. and it, we, It's just so many things that our animals are family and things. It's just that it's very difficult for me to be able to do that. And I, and I thank you for having the strength to be able to do this for someone like me that could not do it. Oh, well, 
you know, it, it, it is very difficult, and, uh, but we do, it, we do it for the dogs. We do it for the animals, voiceless animals. And uh, if we don't defend them, who's going to do it? So. Well said, Tammy. Well said. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you. Thank you very Take much. Care. Wow. I knew that was going to be a tough interview. It's going to be hard for people to hear, but... No, I'm glad we did it. I mean... I'm glad we did it. People need to hear this. And, you know, this is the part of the radio show that really, really is difficult for me. And, you know, I like everybody knows that I, you know, I I ran into burning buildings for over 35 years of my life. I did some pretty crazy rescues, and this doesn't even come close to those little fur babies. I know. I mean, I just, I just, you just, you just... I don't know. I see how anybody can harm them, but I know, and it, and it is a cultural as we have it seen is a so cult- many times exactly, and that's thing. where I have to you know separate myself. But yeah, I just couldn't do it. It's okay, Joseph. <laughs> it's okay. I am here to help you. So we need to talk about poop for a minute. <laughs> Transition into poop. We don't know. If uh, where you live, if there is a local campaign to pick up poop. But here at Sarasota County, there is actually a poop fairy campaign urging residents to pick up animal waste. Pick up your poop or I'll poop taser you. That was our old song. We have to get that song. We have to take that old song out. Playing because it was a very good song. Because what's happening is they're saying there is no poop fairy. That's pretty good. There's, yeah, no fairy, there's no poop fairy. So you have to pick up your own animal waste. Um, one of the uh, county workers volunteered to be digitally altered. So a guy who is now the poop fairy with the pooper scooper and the wings and a tutu and his work boots. That's a great campaign. Hopefully people will uh, become more cognizant of Picking up after Well, their you know what's funny? We, like I said, we were on the water. We were on the ocean, the East Coast Ocean, down in the Jersey Shore. And we used to see so many people walking their dogs on the beach, Ugh. off-season, even during season. Well, actually, during season, they weren't supposed to be on the beach, but they had them anyway. But anyway, before the people got on the beach early in the morning, they'd be walking their dogs or having their dogs run on the beach. They would do their business, and they would just leave it there. That was hard. Meanwhile, I can tell you that those were the same people that you would see at a township meeting raising hell because their dogs are not allowed on the beach. Yeah. I mean, Robin and I would look and said, isn't that the guy that let his big Great Dane just dump. dump on the beach? So when little Johnny comes with his Tonka steam shovel, he digs it up on the beach. I mean, and they're in there and they're the ones advocating, you know, oh, we can't put my dogs on the beach. Mommy, I found a prize. Yeah, I got a prize. <laughs> I mean, it's just really gross, and they let and you. It go, all comes down to conscientious owner. Um, it is uh, responsible dog ownership. My poor right? father carrying all the Tonka trucks. Well, back then they were really big and heavy too. Well, they yeah. were, and we used to go to the Wildwood Beach. Not the, <laughs> no, yeah, the Wildwood Beach. Excuse me, and that was a very wide, long. It was like beach. two miles wide to get to the and water. And he had the big Coleman cooler, my dump truck, my steam shovel, yeah. my crane, you know, my roller, all my because I had to build a road. Always had to build a road, so he'd carry all that from the car all the way down to the end. <laughs> 
And you know, I feel for him now because we went there one day, and, he, and, and we you walked said, there. Look I how said, long my poor the beach dad is. He used to carry all this stuff to the end of the beach. Yeah, and you had to have all that equipment. Oh, I had I had everything. I had everything right because you could. After not, I ripped the road, it had to had, be prototypical. I had to have the grader go by. Had to be had to have it rolled. And, and he used to make barricades for me. And what would you do if a kid wanted to play with your with your setup going on? It there? all depends. I gave him a test. If he drove the truck. Along the sand the right way, he could play. If he grabbed the truck and went ing, 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 backwards and forwards, I said, get away. <laughs> Go. So it had to be completely prototypical play. Yes. Play. He had to back the truck up, pull the truck forward. Did he have back to beep when he beep, beep? Well, we didn't have beep, beep in those days. Okay. But that would have been extra points. But if he had extra points, yeah. <laughs> hey, you, really, you can play, kid. <laughs> You're all right. Trucks are just to run over people in those days. Oh, yeah. that's they, well, that's why the beep beep I mean, came out. Do you think they just decide let's just throw a beep beep on the truck? They beep. had to squish a few people first. Don't you think? You know what? I need to bring sugar cubes to this show because there is no coding. All right, there is no coding, and it, and it's it's disturbing. I find it disturbing sometimes. Honey, I have to say, you know, my humor is because of everything that I've done. You know damn well, well if I what I say kidding around, I've seen for real. I know. And if you don't laugh at life. I would have never made it. I'll go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I, I, I'm probably there already. <laughs> What's after Cocoa Puffs? <laughs> well, there was Cocoa Puffs. There was Count Dracula, right? You remember Count Dracula? And it, <laughs> Joe just brought us some packaged sugar, the engineer, so I can absolutely use it. To, I, you know, I have to use it like um, magic fairy dust to spray it over on Joe's side of the studio every once in a while because... It is, it is very rough in here sometimes. It really is. Yes, it is. Jeez. So, you know, we had mentioned uh, rhinos when we were talking to Tammy. I just want to uh, mention a story that now South I like Africa. Picking, I don't like picking on rhinos. I know. You're, you're very close There's to There's a picture rhino. of me on my fire truck. I know. In, in Bradley Beach, they had an artist draw a chief that had, was a charging rhino in honor of Joe, and it was the mascot on the fire trucks because Joe can be a bit of a rhino. Again, I know you out there are shocked to hear this, but, um, yeah, that was very nice. I like that picture, of the chief rhino. But uh, the rhinos are getting poached for their horns, as we had mentioned earlier. And there's no scientific evidence that says that rhino horn is good for whatever they use it for. But yet, these poor rhinos are getting poached. But now what they're doing is they have a private army. And they trained um, these guys to defend the rhinos. Last year, 6,200 rhinos, roughly a third of the country's rhino population, were living in private reserves. But the ones that were uh, killed... uh, were in the Kruger National Park, which is the largest park in South Africa. Wow. So hopefully these new uh, guards will be able to help the rhino population because there really aren't that many left. Wow. Yeah. Well, it goes back to a cultural thing, too. Yeah. And, you know, also, look, you got to face it. They could pay these these guys, these guards, ladies, whoever they are, uh, $500 is probably more money than they see in a month for a wage. So they can pay these people. I mean, they're lucky if they get that a year. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I know so you're saying. it's it's you're fighting the almighty dollar. Yeah. Is, That's is, what it comes down to. Well, if, if they're making more money 
poaching yeah. than they are protecting. Right. So. Right. It is. It is very disturbing. But um, in the in the coming weeks, we're going to have some really fantastic, happy stories. Sorry, this is. I mean, we really had some tough topics today, well, Joseph. What has our show always been about, and how have we Reality. been on the air all over the world? We've always been upfront and honest, and we've reported every story. That is true. And some, believe me, some stories are very difficult, like some of the ones. And maybe that we you had reported today. every story because I couldn't do them all. Well, then, whenever I get upset, you're always, oh, are there tears on scene? Tears on scene? Are there tears on scene? Well, there's not tears on scene for me. No. I'm just doing the Hulk, you know, I'm just starting to. <laughs> Want to go find the people. I know. Bust out of your green shirt and go find some people. I get it. I do. So, Joseph. I'm glad I'm 30 years younger now. I mean, older. (laughs) Oh, that would be a cool trick. I'd like to see that. (laughs) So, Joseph, tell us. Well, to be honest with you, darling, we have some more time here. We do. You know, our timing device... Well, what happened? We had a couple of uh, speed bumps. We did the have speed. We had technical. We had. So, technical. if you have a couple more, I do. I have. You know, I'd like to talk about why cats knock things over. I really. Yes, wanted to let's talk bring about that. that. Let's let's talk about that. So, you know, this is kind of a social media sensation. Pictures of cats just going boop and like <laughs> knocking stuff off of cables. There's one. I told you about my little cat doing the middle of the night. Oh yeah. Would hit the little spring door stopper. On the, uh, you know, when you open the door, they have the new little spring door uh, that goes on the molding so the door doesn't mm-hmm. slam into the wall and, mm-hmm. you know, and damage the wall. And during the night, you hear, because <laughs> the cat would be smacking the. Well, do you know why he was doing that? No. It, to annoy you and wake you up. <laughs> Basically, that's my thought. Actually, it's because it, they're, they're saying it could be a prey drive. That he wants to hunt something. Uh-oh. And they're saying that this is why cats not knock can, things over. I can see that. But the, there's some uh, funny videos on YouTube and such where the, one cat takes his paw and he slides the beer, it looks like a beer bottle or something, over to the edge of the table like he's going to knock it off. Then he takes his other paw and he slides it back. Like, oh, just kidding. Then <laughs> he slides it back. I'm really not going to push it off the table. But here's some other explanations for why cats do this. One is the prey, the prey drive. The other one is that it's how you react. So if, if the cat knocks something off the table and you, like, are all freaked out, well, the cat's saying, well, you're a great audience. Thank you very much. And I used to crack up at night <laughs> because I hear I used, to, I used to crack me up. Well, there. The cat's like, I'm going to entertain Dad now <laughs> and, and do some of this. But it, cats are incredibly adept at finding ways to manipulate what they want, says Amy so, uh, Shojay, who wrote the article in um, uh, Pet MD, which was just kind of interesting. So that is us for today, folks. Joseph, tell us. What did you learn from pets today? Wow. A lot. You know, okay. <laughs> no, a lot. It's just that I lost my mojo for, for another comical ending here. Oh, I did remember something. I am not swallowing any blood-sucking worms. 
All right, so you're not you you last time or a few times ago it was screw worms will right. stab you in the back. Right. And today is I'm not suck I'm not uh, worms really, will, these screw these blood sucking worms suck your blood. No. You're not doing it. No. Hookworms. You're not no. getting hooked on hookworms. Since, you know, I thought they were gonna when he said to swallow it, I thought it was gonna eat your poop inside your intestine. I didn't think it was going to okay. attach to the side of the wall and suck get your blood. Sugar out. Get I thought the it was going to get rid of the poop that was in there. Uh, well, I, I would was... swallow them. <laughs> I mean, reduction worm. I'm in. If you love pets and you want to help us continue supporting <laughs> supporting them, like the TPPC page on Facebook. WKDW ninety seven point five FM Northport Real Community Radio for Robin and me, Joe Everett. Thanks for spending some time with us and discovering Pets Teach Us So Much. Tune in same time next week for more fun and mayhem. Be kind to your pets. And until next week, woofie woe. Oh, the shark baby has such teeth And it shows them pearly white just a jackknife has old Maggie Heath, baby, and it keeps it uh, out of sight. You know when that shark bite with its teeth, baby, scarlet billows start to spread. Fancy gloves, though, where's old Maggie Heath, baby? So there's never, never a trace of red Now on the sidewalk, uh-huh, ooh, Sunday morning, uh-huh Lies a body just oozing life And someone sneaking round a corner Could that someone be Mac the Knife? There's a tugboat down by the river, don't you know? Where a cement bag just drooping on down. Oh, that cement is just, it's there for the way to dare. Five will get you ten old Mackies back in town. Not to hear about Louis Miller, he disappeared, babe. To drawing out all his modern cash, and now Maggie spins just like a sailor. Could it be our boy's done something rash? Diver.